Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the first Bright Island Discs of 2023. I mean, we're pretty lucky today. We've got Mr. Bridges Good here evening, with us. Everybody. Hello, hello, Mr. Bridges. We're going to be setting you alongside, as we were saying a little bit earlier, actually, the Wall of Fame um, of Bright Island Discs. Going to be setting you on the Bright Island, of course. Um, and as of uh, as standard of um, the Bright Island Discs series, we're going to ask you the first question, of course. So, book and luxury item. What what of those two things would you would you bring? Let's, to your, let's start uh, with the book. Yeah. All right. I think the, the book. The, the book. I did put a bit of thought into this. Cause I do like reading. I do a lot of reading, but. The book that I was talking about this with, with Hannah, my fiance, last night, and the book, the one thing, obviously, except for her, that I'd say from a fire in the house is that particular book. It's Bravo Two Zero by Andy McNabb. I don't know if either of you have read it, but it's about uh, an SAS troop. There was eight of them, and they, it's a true story. And they went behind enemy lines in the first Gulf War, so in the in the nineties, late eighties, nineties, and they were they were tasked with blowing up these rocket launchers, basically that could that could bomb. Israel and they were worried that if Israel could be bombed by Iraq then that would bring them into the war and then the coalition would fall apart that the Americans put together anyway it was in Iraq and they were basically prepared for spring like weather in England and they had these radios and whatever anyway they were dropped in the wrong place the terrain was wrong the radio frequencies didn't work and the weather was so cold that diesel was freezing in the tanks so in the pet in the tanks and so nothing would work and so effectively Three of them died, four of them were captured, only one got out. And it's about one of them, who's the troop leader, Andy McNabb, and his story about how he survived his capture, how he was tortured by the Iraqis. But, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting book in terms of politics and history, but also about how much humans and humankind can endure if they've got a, a bigger picture in mind. So it's a really interesting book. And actually, it's the only book I've ever seen Mr. Boot read. <laughs> but uh, you know, I had to read some of it out to him, but he did give it a go. But yeah, it's a really, it's a really good book, and I would definitely recommend it to anyone. Is it a non-fiction? Yeah, non-fiction, so true, true story. story. It's about yeah. their their experiences, well, his particular experience, and how he, as a troop leader, felt some maybe some responsibility for how for what happened. So yeah, really interesting book, mm. and I've read it so many times it's falling apart. So I can't actually read it. I've had to buy another one to read otherwise it will just collapse but it's great it's a really good book really enjoyable wow wow, wow. And talk to us a little bit about your luxury item well, definitely be, it has to be a fishing rod doesn't it you're not the first person to say that am i not i think you're yeah one of one of two or three i think but this is not for practice it's not for practical reasons no it's literally because i love fishing yeah so i'll take the fishing rod and then you can spend hours I mean, if you're on a desert island you've got to do into you've got to be doing things you enjoy right reading a good book and then fishing so no survival aspect, no catching fish to feed yourself. Well, if I had I mean, to, but primarily I don't really catch anything anyway, so I can't. I can't rely on catching to eat because oh. I'd go hungry. <laughs> I just do it for the fun. You know, I don't go down there often and fish to catch stuff. It's just to be outside. But definitely a fishing rod, hundred percent. Mm. Do you do you like? Is there a bit like? <laughs> it's probably an odd question, but is there any like kind of what fish do you like? Um, what what's your biggest fish that you've caught? Would you say biggest fish is a carp I caught on the river here. That was about eight pound, but it's not about the size. It's about the quality of the. Is it? Was it, was it, it did is. have high quality? Yeah, it was very good. It was a good quality fish. Now, I, you know, I don't really go after the big specimen specimen fish, but I just love being outside and I like catching all sorts of fish. But I don't like eating them really. I had mackerel for the first time that I caught over the over the summer holidays, and it was nice. But I'm not really a fish guy, to be honest. I take them out of the water and put them back and yeah, let them go catching, free. Catching, let them go. Catch and release. Yeah. So you kind of is it? Would you say you're kind of stationed really kind of along the Stour? Is that your kind of Stour? Main, yeah, yeah, bit of, of, bit of the river through. But yeah, basically got a private fishing spot. Haven't we? Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. Quite lucky, really. Yeah, yeah. and um, we got lots of lots of the brands and pupils that do it now too. So that's good. 
Mm. And you uh, do you run the fishing ECAs? That yeah, right? me and Mr. Payne do that. Talk yeah. to us a little bit about that. So well, it's you, just the, uh, the biggest, the best the, ECA there is. Fast growing, fastest growing, most popular. Well, it's not really, but you know, well, <laughs> don't let truth get in the way of a good story. But no, it is popular, and we're really pleased with it. And lots of people do it, and they have a good time. They don't necessarily catch many fish either, but you know, we're competing against otters, right? They've moved into our stretch of the river, so. There's only yeah, so much we can do about yeah, that. They're, they're born to do it, really, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. And it's their right, really, isn't it, to have, have a fish? No, um, it's good. Then we really enjoy doing that. Good. No, it sounds like a good ECA and uh, something that people should probably sign up for. I agree. Um, and uh, so, Mr. Bridge, we've got your first song up here, uh, Rock and Roll by Led Zeppelin. I mean, quite a classic. Talk to us a little bit about that. Well, I was I was in a band, and actually quite a couple of the songs are connected to the fact that we, we were in a band for quite a long time when we were growing up, and I really enjoyed it, and I... I played the drums, but this song is just a great song. Uh, it's full of energy. It's quite a simple song to play, but it's it's a great it's great fun, loud, and yeah, this one's definitely worth ramping up the volume because it is a great song. Well, we're here right now, everyone. Make sure to ramp up your volume.
What a song. You love to hear it. Very, uh, very like revitalizing if you turn that one up. I hope you did. Um, so we were just chatting here, actually. So Mr. Bridges, I mean, Ben's kind of reminiscing here, um, here in the studio about his times in Connacht with you, Mr. Bridges. With the uh, dream team. Mr. Boot and uh, Mr. Green, I think that's right. So talk to us a little bit about like that synergy. No, we just good. We just worked together. We were saying like me and Mr. Boot. Mr. Boot was the good cop. He was a bit lazy. And I was the bad cop because I was sort of just a bit grumpy. I think I've become less grumpy, but I definitely was even more grumpy then. And Mr. Green, who was just the most amazing housemaster, and he's a really nice person to work for. He's a, he's a great guy. He was really good to work for, had the best interests at heart, and he was just an amazing person to learn from. And then Karen, the matron, who is the most patient person on the planet. I don't know how many times boys are abrupt or they just go and interrupt her or just you know make sure I've lost this for the fifth time today and she'd ne- I've never seen her lose a temper except for on a Monday when the beds weren't made or whatever but apart from that you know and it, we just worked really well together we had a great group of boys through the years and that was a you know it was a, a lot of work in those three years but it's a three years that I really enjoyed and I definitely wouldn't change anything about it I really thought it was a great a great time living in Connacht. Yeah, definitely. And were you kind of all, how how long were you kind of based in Connacht compared to your time at Bryanston? So I I started in twenty sixteen and in my first year I was in Salisbury, in the top flat, and then Mr Moon replaced me in there, and then yeah Connacht for three years living in, and then I was a member of the house team for a year, and then I've moved to Greenleaves, uh, last year, which has been amazing and I loved it. It's like a real step change from the boys' houses. Lots of things are different and a really good challenge. And uh, yeah, I you know, there's lots of things that are very similar in a boy's house and a girl's house but the character and the, the values are the same of course but you know it's a very different place to be and I'm enjoying being out there actually. Mm, yeah can you talk to us maybe a little bit more about kind of like the transition between a boy's and a girl's house there what kind of things do you prefer in the boy's house and what kind of things do you prefer in the girl's house? I, I don't know because they are so different but I think girl's houses there is more interaction between year groups and I think if I would go back into a boy's house that's what I'd like to do I'd like you know, the older years take more of an active interest in what the younger years are doing. I think it's partly the layout of the building, especially in the main school, makes it quite difficult. But the Greenies girls are so kind to each other. They interact with each other all the time. And I think the other thing, and not to say that the boys' houses weren't, but there was certainly a bit of a distinction between the year groups. And the other thing is that, you know, the girls' houses prep is quite studious. Quite a lot of work gets done in the girls' house, perhaps compared to my experience of a boys' house, where there's perhaps a little bit more procrastination. But yeah, fundamentally, teenagers are teenagers, whether they're boys or girls or whatever. But, you know, different, different places. But, you know, I love I love Greenies as much as I love being in Connaught. They're great places to work. And, you know, I'm very lucky to work with Mr. Green and then Doc Fernley because they're both amazing people. Yeah, and definitely. Was Sol- was, I'm not asking you to pick a favourite, but was Salisbury and Connaught quite similar, would you say? Yeah, like yeah, definitely. quite similar. Yeah, I was Mr. Christie in the first year. That was great. It was interesting. And. Heidi and the matron in there as well. So I, yeah. to be honest, I've been really lucky with who I've worked with here and I've really enjoyed working with everybody. Oh, amazing, Mr. Bridges. And also you t- you're, I mean, you're very, uh, you're into your politics. I see kind of on the Instagram every so often that, you know, there's like a politics thing a politics with, blog. with your face on it. <clears throat> so um, yeah, talk to us a little bit about, I don't know, your well, I did, into politics. I did politics primarily because it was similar to history when I was picking my A-levels and there was a general election in 2010. So I was quite interested in it. I had no real intention of doing it at a uh, university, but I got, I don't know, I was always really good at history at GCSE and never really dropped any marks. And then all of a sudden the A-level was really tricky and I hated the Tudors. And, ba- and politics gave me all the things that I enjoyed about history beforehand, 
without having to do historiography and without having to read about the Tudors. And I naturally just gravitated towards that. And I also did geography and really liked that. And what I like about the politics that we now teach and what I did at uni is that it's like a quite a geopolitical crossover. And I think that's the sort of part of politics I'm most interested in, you know, how your geography relates to your politics and how states then that. So I love it. It's a really popular subject, keeping us on our toes and making us work hard. But it's great that it's so busy because it's really important that as many young people as possible understand the political system, understand democracy, because you've got to know what it is to protect it and isn't something we should take for granted. Yeah, for obvious reasons, I obviously shouldn't ask you your, you know, kind of views on politics or kind of any upcoming politics events or whatever. But um, I mean, do you think like here at school, like, I mean, so kind of run us through what kind of like politics is like, I mean, especially compared to like what you um, studied at university? Well, it's very similar, actually. The course itself is very similar. I think you know, politics is a perception that politics is just what you study, but it's actually how you act. And I think our, our pupils are quite engaged politically. And, you know, charity is political. And everyone here is really keen to do what they can for those that may be less fortunate. And I think it's a really important aspect. You know, you can involve yourself in politics by voting or you can involve yourself in politics by action. You know, making a deliberate attempt to, to give to charity or whatever is a good example of somebody making an interest in politics and I think so I think you know we have lots of people that study it which is great but actually we've got even more numbers that take an interest in it which is equally as important to me you know I don't I don't need everyone to study it but I would like everyone to be thinking about it mm, very important definitely in today's day and age I think yeah absolutely um, so Mr Bridges let's talk to, talk to us a little bit about I think we've got your second song here as Good Riddance by Green Day one of my favourite bands talk to us a little bit about why you chose that song well I I just not many of the songs that are on the list are my favourite songs, but they're the songs that I, you know, that I've got meaning with. But that one is just actually one of my favourite songs. It's a cracking tune. It's I don't know. It's just one one song that I would always put on a playlist. Is that song, you know? And I don't know what it is about it. Maybe it's again. It's a bit like rock and roll. Okay, so it's, it's simplicity, but at the same time, it's it's a song that you know you're hard pressed to find someone that a doesn't know this song, and then b doesn't like it if they do know it. But I guess that's it, really. Absolutely, everyone, prepare yourselves. We've got good riddance. Thank you. Another turning point, a fork stuck in the road. Time grabs you by the wrist, directs you where to go. So make the best of this test and don't ask why It's not a question but a lesson learned in time It's something unpredictable but in the end is right I hope you had the time of your life So take the photographs and still frames in your mind Hanging on a shelf in good health and good time Tattoos and memories and dead skin on trial For what it's worth, it was worth all the while It's something unpredictable, but in the end is right I hope you had the time of your life
predictable, but in the end it's right. I hope you had the time of your life. It's something unpredictable, but in the end it's right. I hope you had the time of your life. Welcome back, everyone, and a good song, of course, Good Riddance. We're just saying how Green Day is such a, such a like you know, crucial band and you know very popular for a very long time. So great song choice there. And um, Mr. Bridge, you were saying a little bit earlier about how you kind of played the drums a little bit in a yeah. band at school. So are you quite a? I mean, obviously politics, music, very different. But are you quite a musical person? Yeah, quite musical. Your... So I, when we were quite young, we played played the violin, and I played that up until I think year eight, and then I played the trombone for a bit. And then I learned the bass for a bit, and then I learned the guitar for a bit, and then I ultimately settled on the drums, and that was the last instrument that I played. I was in a marching band and played a bit of drums and that, a bit of the bugle as well. So I actually, growing up, I did play quite a bit of music. I sort of stopped when I got to the sixth form, I guess. So it was just took up a bit of time, and then when you're in the sixth form, you want to get a little part-time job or whatever, or you focus on your studies, so I stopped playing for whatever reason. I think I do regret it a bit, but equally, you know, drums take up a lot of room. And they're loud. So it's not a really a sociable instrument to play and to keep practicing. But I do, I do, I, there is definite regret. And mum and dad always say you'd regret it. And I, at the time, you know, when you're 17, you think they're talking rubbish, but you wow. definitely do. So that's one, that's one thing I actually, I'll say to all my tutees, if they play music, is to carry on doing it and not to, not to stop it. Even if you just play it now and again, but to keep your instrument and look after it and pick it up from time to time, because it's a skill that I wish I carried on doing. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, was this quite popular like, among your friend friend group? Did you kind of like, you know, were all your friends kind of into music as well, similar music? Well, to I you? think no, I don't think so. I think it was just we just at primary school they we we started doing it, and I just really enjoyed it and carried on. But we had a good good group of mates in our band that we did every Friday night, and we used to go and do gigs places, and it was good. And you know, we were all right. We weren't particularly good, but we just enjoyed it, and we enjoyed playing together. And we and the little practice rooms we had were so small. And we used to turn up the amps full blast, and we had the, and we play everything full blast for two hours on a Friday, and I've got that ringing in my ears, that tinnitus, whatever it's called, mm. it? and it, and I do regret not putting ear protection in, but we had a great time together and, and played lots of music, and it was mainly like sort of classic rock and stuff that we played, but you know, my music taste is actually quite varied, even though I played drums in a in a band that played like Guns and Roses and Led Zeppelin and stuff. So how did you kind of gather your musical taste kind of when you were, you know, in the sixth form, kind of 17, 18? Was it kind of through, I don't know, did you trade songs to your friends or did, well, did yeah, your family I guess so, yeah. on you? Mum and dad did quite, mu- well, they don't necessarily play instruments, but they liked music and they had a huge music collection. Um, you know, the likes of Guns N' Roses and the Wurzels, which is a Somerset Legends and um, UB40 and Bob Marley and all sorts. So actually they listened to quite eclectic music. And I think, therefore, you know, all three of us, my brother and my sister, we've also got quite an eclectic mix of music as well. And, you know, I don't listen to music as much as I used to, for whatever reason. But, you know, I listen to the radio all the time. And actually, I'm quite old now, so I listen to Radio 2. But I quite like it because I like the variety. But Radio 1 is just awful. I (laughs) I can't put up with that sort of music today. But, yeah, like anything that's quite varied, I quite like it, really. 
Yeah, eclectic for sure. And uh, kind of what was the main medium, would you say, like that, um, that kind of music when you were kind of, you know, our age, what was it through kind of the radio? Um, yeah, I guess we had iPods not Walkmans well. or anything like that. No, actually, to be fair, I did have a Walkman, really? CD Walkman to begin with. And then I went to like a little MP3. Um, and then it was like a little iPod, uh, iPod Nano. Oh, yeah. Right. Which I regret getting rid of because I've seen how much they they go for on eBay these days. Like, wow. it's, it's big money. It's surprising. Yeah. <laughs> I, and then, little I, yeah, so into the iPods. And then now I guess everything's on your phone. So Yeah, Spotify. Yeah. A whole lot. Cool. Thank you, Mr. Bridges. And we've got your third, is it third? I think it's third. Think um, it song we've got here, which is, oh, it's a it's Dizzy Rascal. Fix Up, Look Sharp. Yeah, a bit of a, bit of a change, isn't it? Mm. No, I do, I do like, I do like it. Well, I used to. I still do, I guess, like a little bit of grime. And and Dizzy Rascal won a Mercury Prize for this album. It's a great album. Um, I famously, you weren't here when I did this, but in my first year, Peach convinced me to go and do the balloon debate. And I, I don't know what I was thinking, but for whatever reason, like literally, it was the, it was the afternoon of the debate. I had no chance to prepare for it, and I said I would do Stormzy, and it was the most awful embarrassing cringy experience of my entire life and i still think you know like it's the sort of thing sometimes i think about it when i wake up in the middle of the night it's on genuinely awful right and so i was the last person to like the vote goes around obviously in a balloon debate who are you going to throw off and the first hand went out for jack black which i think was mr drake and there was no hands went up and i was like oh okay this is a, this, i don't know what's going to go on here anyway there was eight of us in the balloon in the first round and not a single hand went up for the seven people before me and every single hand in the room went up for me. And it was genuinely awful. Hated it. And so everyone was egging me on to put Stormzy on this. But I wouldn't be able to sit here and listen to that without melting into the seat. So that song is now dead to me. But um, this one is always, it's always quite a good one. So does this song kind of take you back to that pretty vivid Before memory? that, it takes me back to sixth form. And, and listening to... To Dizzy and Wiley and all the all the old school and Skepta and that and, and Grime before it became Drill, I guess, which mm. I guess was sort of replaced it. But yeah, it's a good, it's a great album. There's lots of great songs on this album, and it's like the social commentary of Dizzy Rascal in this particular album. Yeah. I thought was particularly good, and and someone that you know I wasn't particularly aware of it maybe the first time I listened to it, but someone that is you know teaches politics and is quite mindful, I think, of social issues. Actually listening to it and what it's actually trying to say, I think, is quite interesting. Powerful message. Not necessarily this song, but the album generally. Totally. Right, let's hear it now. Thank you. Keep the beanies hot flashing. Flashing MCs down the loo. If you don't believe me, 
for this girl. You better send your best friend, cause this is Captain Roscoe. More destructive and troublesome than ever. I'll probably be doing this probably forever. Fellas wanna stop me, don't probably come together. It's probable they'll stop me, probably never. Yo, top rate, top man, or top or topper. Come to me with an attitude, come a copper. I'm old school like Happy Shopper. I fight old school, bring your bat and your chopper. And the first day kit and some antiseptic. This could get hectic. I'm a done exception. You got a bright future, don't let my heart fit Fixer, look sharp. Don't make me beat a pizza and get dark. Hear the bang, see the spark. Duck down, lay down, just Fixer, look sharp. Don't make me beat a pizza and get dark. Hear the bang, see the spark. Duck down, lay down, just Mm, good to hear a bit of Dizzy if you ask me. Bit of a me. tune, that, isn't it? In, indeed, to have on the radio. I can, is, uh, I can wrap that one all the way through. And <laughs> Mr. Bridges has promised, so um, I'll update you next week if I do hear uh, if I do hear <laughs> Mr. Bridges wrapping it out. It depends how many pints I've had. Yeah, well, it's a, and I've again, stopped drinking, so that's not going to happen. Oh really. no, uh, so it's looking <laughs> it's looking like pretty bad news for us. But um, I'll let you know regardless, everyone. Um, so, Mr. Bridges, outside of fishing and like politics, what kind of things do you like to do just in your spare time? Really, it's like a hobby. Well, we bought a house last year, and actually, I quite enjoyed getting into DIY. Like, you know, my my family are a family of either they're in teaching or engineering. Really, I went down the teaching route. Primarily because of my DT project in year 11, which was absolutely trash. It was awful. Honestly, I, I do wonder sometimes what Mr. Mills would think of it. It was atrocious. We had to make, we had to design this thing that was going to make our lives easier, right? And I designed an octagonal box, which was a nightmare to work out the angles and to make a jig to do the angles. And then it just didn't work. It looked rubbish. I painted it red and blue. It was awful. And, you know, I was never really cut out for it. But I do like doing a bit of DIY now. Just take it slow and steady. And, you know, my dad and my brother, especially perfectionists, and they would look at something and it would be rubbish. But now, you know, if it's me doing it, it doesn't quite, doesn't matter if it's not quite right. Um, I just love being out about the countryside as well. Go um, for walks, bits yeah, and pieces like that? Yeah, get down the coast, get in the sea and mm. have a bit of a swim. Um, yeah, you know, living in rural Dorset, you make the most of it. It's a beautiful place to live. So, yeah, a bit boring, really. Nothing really too exciting. Fishing, countryside and a bit of DIY. I sound like I'm about 50, but they're all quite enjoyable activities i like doing them when i get something out of them so what kind of diy are we like paint you kind of a bit of painting, painting yeah yeah i made um a seat box for the bay windows that we've got is it better than that how does it compare to the, the dt year 11 project? oh it's infinitely better <laughs> can't compare it yeah but i have to say my standards are, are all right if it's all right it'll be fine whereas hannah's are very high so i'd had to do it a few times just to make sure it was absolutely right ultimately you made the right call though and it does look great now it shows that you've come, kind of come a long come way. Come a long way, from, yeah. <laughs> but I don't DT. mind. I think, I think it's quite rewarding, like putting something together and it looks all right. I thought, oh, yeah, I quite enjoy that. Yeah, definitely. I've got a pretty big question for you now. I've kind of been thinking about it, Mr. Bridges. Where can you see yourself or what could you see yourself doing in about 10 years' time from now? Well, truthfully, I probably could see myself still being here. I never thought I would teach. And for whatever reason, as we were chatting about just now, I ended up teaching. And I really enjoy it but I enjoy teaching here I enjoy the environment at the school it's, a, it's an incredibly friendly place it's a, it's a community of people that I think care for each other I enjoy teaching politics you know there aren't very many other places where politics is as big a department and where I could have as much impact with as many pupils as I do so you know if I'm still teaching here in 10 years time I don't think I would have failed I think that would be a really you know a good thing to do 
because I think like when you're here, I think it's difficult to appreciate how good it is. Mm-hmm. I went to a state comp, and it was a good state comp to be honest. But there is no comparison between this, the state sector and and this sector. So you're incredibly lucky. So when you're when you leave here, you'll probably appreciate it more mm-hmm. than when you are here. But and you know, coming from the outside and and seeing what education is like elsewhere, you know, it's a great place to be, great place to work. And I really enjoy it. And I and say, so, yeah, I probably could still be here. If I'm not here, I'll probably still be teaching. Definitely. Could you kind of see yourself teaching kind of, I mean, five, ten years ago? No, I don't think so. No. No, I was really set on that on the job with the government and, and doing all that. And, you know, I went to I went to I went to Bath and it was a good uni and it was high entry requirements and I thought there's no way I'm gonna teach. I'm gonna go and do something that's mm. proper was my view and not teach. And and so for a while I thought that it was a bit of a failure that I ended up teaching because it wasn't my first choice. But actually, with time, I reflected on, actually, it's an amazing job. Teaching young people is great. No, like, it's so cliche. No two days are the same. Actually, they are. They are quite similar. <laughs> Lots of days That's are quite amazing. similar. But the interactions that you have really make it. And I think being a tutor here, I think, is why I would find it difficult to leave here because the relationship that you have with your your duties, I think, is really strong, and I really, really enjoy that. It's personal, yeah. yeah. And doing things like this, for goodness' sake, but you know, how many other places can you can you do this? And I it's know, great. very, very fortunate. I won't lie. Studio is very high tech in here, guys, <laughs> um, but very hot. <laughs> very, that's true. It's, it's quite so warm. hot. Yeah. Getting very, but being really honest here. Um, so yeah, Toasty. So what kind of when you were when you were when you were our age, what kind of job did, instead of teaching did you have in mind? Was it kind of politically related or was it kind of history related i mean i think it was always going to end up being something to do with politics Hmm. um i thought for a time that i might want to do some lobbying for a company and i did that for a bit and i hated it um i thought for a a time that i would want to do be a spy but that's a pipe dream always isn't it what young (laughs) people want to do yeah but it never that didn't work out so um but i always had it in the back of the mind that i might like to teach and i actually so it was always there, and I always thought I would probably be able to do... I think I always thought I would enjoy it, um, and so I didn't really mind too much that I ended up doing it, and I you know, really enjoyed it since I started. Good. That's good to hear. And um, so we've got your fourth song up, actually, which I believe we've got Dancing in the Moonlight by Top Loader. Talk to us a little bit about that, well, that, I think Mr Payne's got it as well. Did Mr Payne Yeah, Payne had it. Actually, it's probably one of our tunes because whenever we used to have a little party or the shandy or whatever that would be a song that we would um that would always end up being on and it would always get everyone moving it's a it's a it's a banging tune any occasion you can whack that on and people are going to be up and dancing and having a great time uh, so yeah it's just an impeccable song i think if it was, if, there, if i had to choose one song out of this five i probably would choose this one so to be your favorite song or to I think so, out of this five yeah. yeah and i think you know if Miss Simmons ever gets the opportunity to do this, she'd probably pick this too. Mm. I think we both we both find this tune an absolute classic. Runs in the Bryanston blood. I think it does. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's hear it now. Thank you.
What a song, Mr. Bridges. What a song. We we were just saying here, actually, we're kind of subconsciously like bobbing our heads <laughs> to the song. It's an absolute banger. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. Um, so another big question for you, Mr. Bridges. What one kind of piece of advice would you offer now that you've been here at Bryanston for quite a few years now? How many, um, not trying to make you sound old or anything like that, <laughs> but what one piece of advice would you offer to just Bryanston students? Just to work hard. Because a lot of, you know, any deficiency in talent or ability or whatever can be overcome just by working really hard and being motivated and having something that you want to achieve at the end and having that insight all the time and if you and and working hard is so important like we, you know we're talking about the mocks right you just the the solution to doing well in them is just to put the put the effort in mm. and put the effort in between now and june when the first exam or may when the first exams are and and i think that's just what i try to do i try to get into work every morning and just work really hard to the best of my ability all day. And I think it just makes my life a little bit easier because, you know, it's the, I just, I just think that's, that's the one thing that I would say to someone. It's not, that's not a very interesting thing to say necessarily, but I think you can't really find a substitute just for sometimes getting your head down and working really hard. Absolutely. Would you say there's anything, any like opportunity here at Bryanston? I mean, alongside working hard that um, you'd really advise like taking up while you have the option? Do as many different things as possible. Mm. You know, that's, I think, a rewarding conversation with QTs is that oh, they might have tried rowing for a term and really enjoyed it and then carry on doing it. And just to open your minds to the different opportunities because there are loads, right? Try beekeeping for a term because what are you going to lose by doing that? If you've not fished before, try fishing for a term because you literally lose nothing just by having a go. Mm. But you might find something that you enjoyed doing for the rest of your life. And I think that's a key, a key thing about Bryanton is what how many opportunities there are. And it would be remiss of you not to take them. So I think, yeah, work hard and also take as many opportunities from the school as you can because there are loads. And there are loads of staff that want you to do well and want you to try the things that they're also passionate about. So get stuck in 100%. Definitely. And uh, Mr. Bridges, just kind of asking like a personal question. What what kind of plan? Do you have any kind of personal plans kind of coming up in the next kind of like few weeks or so? Anything? Not, not as anything a few exciting? weeks. Uh, I'm getting married in June. Oh, I was, I was yeah, kind of leading to getting married that, but... in June. And that's that's so that's something that we're both building towards. So we're getting married here, actually. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So that will be might a... come and crash by. Yeah. <laughs> well, it will be a good party and it'll be nice. But anyway, and that's why I talk about Brian to be in a community and a family. Right. There's going to be loads of people there that I work with. And it's in the place that I work and I really enjoy that about it. But yeah, we're both looking forward to that. Although the admin involved in planning a wedding, I can't even say it's bad because I haven't done much of it because Hannah does it all, but there's a lot of it and it's a bit stressful. Yeah. So when it's your turn, just, just, I don't know, just get on with it. Yeah. Or let let your fiance do it like I do. (laughs) Thank thank you, Hannah. Thank you, Anna. Yeah. Mr. Bridges. Um, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Um, and Mr. Bridges, we've kind of got your, um, we've got your final song. I'm conscious it's coming coming up to nine o'clock. Um, what kind? Well, I mean, I'll just list it off here pretty quickly. So it's if I can dream with, uh, I think it's Elvis Presley with um, the Royal. Oh, testing my uh, reading. Royal Philharmonic Orchestra. That's it. It's yeah, better, it's, it's, could have said it better than I ever could. To be it's honest. Uh, well, my my granddad died in his sixty four. So he's quite young um, of Alzheimer's and dementia, but he always really liked Elvis. And my dad does too, and, and so do I. I really like it. I, I could listen to Elvis all the time. If there's any artist I could listen to every day, it would be Elvis. And this is a, this song's like a, a recent favourite. I've got loads. You know, I'm a Liverpool fan, so You'll Never Walk Alone is a, is a standard. So it was, between, it was between 
You'll Never Walk Alone or This, if it was Elvis, or Country Roads by John Denver, which is also a great tune. But um, yeah, this one is a great song. Elvis was an amazing performer. Um, and, you know, this has been late, recently edited with the Philharmonic Orchestra in it. But it's a great song. And I think the message of the song is particularly powerful because, you know, it actually links quite well with the assembly this morning. There's so much negativity, but this song is about trying to think, be positive, think positively and, and try and hope for change, which also, I guess, links to the job that I do in teaching politics and, and wanting to see change. So, yeah, it's, I think it's a good song to end with. And yeah, Alvis is great. I think a few other people have had him because you can't not have Alvis on a, on a, he's on too, a desert he's island classic, isn't he? <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, Mr. Bridges. I just want to thank you for coming on here tonight. And it's a pretty short notice as well. I sent my email, but only a few days ago. That's all right, because we were ready for the last term, weren't we? So it's all good. Yeah, definitely. So it's good to, it's really good to have you on. Um, And uh, yeah, thank you very much for your time. And we'll be back. I think the plan is to do every couple of weeks now, just to kind of heads up for you viewers out there. Um, And uh, yeah, so we should be back at the start of week five. Again, huge thank you to Mr. Bridges. Thank you, both been brilliant. Thank you. And uh, yeah, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Thanks again. There must be lights burning brighter somewhere Got to be birds flying higher in a sky more blue If I can dream of a better land Where all my brothers walk hand in hand Tell me why, oh why, oh why can't my dream Understanding sometimes strong winds of promise that will blow away the doubt and fear. If I can dream of a warmer sun where hope keeps shining on.
hits are run. Bry Radio.